fucking paradox. No, I'm not. Threesomes with a fucking triceratops. What's up, Joes? And welcome to another episode of the Average Joes MMA Show. Jeff Shanahan. And joining me, as always, my awesome co-host and the host of the Full Heel Podcast, Mr. Rafael Chidez. Hello, my friend. What's going on? What's going on, Jeff? Yeah, you know. Another... Another day in the jungle, baby. Another day in the jungle. jungle. Well, let me tell you something, brother. (laughs) I'd like to go to the ionosphere. I'm trying to get some more (laughs) mushrooms and go on a fucking vacation. Yeah, you do any more mushrooms in the fucking dunes? Nah, not yet. Not yet, but uh, I got a a show this weekend, so probably not this weekend. Maybe maybe next weekend. Maybe next weekend after I get out of work and fucking take a little boom-boom trip. Yeah, we'll roll up. I'm gonna I'm gonna light up one of these fucking cones. So I, yeah, you the the, the listeners can't can't see, but I'm showing it you. Looks it. nice as shit, man. Yeah, I I, did, I didn't roll is this. Is that a pre roll? That's a pre roll. That's a pre roll. Okay. So I was about to say, I'm like, you roll you roll really nice joints, but yours are kind of fatter, fat all the way <laughs> yeah, through. Yeah, fat all the way through. It's I don't kind of pencil like it kind of not yeah, pencil, but it kind of gets thinner. As it gets the, it's it gets thinner down to the tip. Now my cousin bought this pack of these raw cones that are are pre like rolled and you just stuff them and i used to use these but i never really liked them because they would always run on me and then i started watching some instagram posts from uh raw the guy that the 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 creator of raw the owner of raw who used to work for element which is my brand of rolling paper um but he was talking about like not packing them super tight like he tried to just keep them loose and then they'll burn better i used to just try to fucking pack these bitches as tight as possible and then they would run, and I was like, "Fuck these things! I can roll by hand better." So I got them. I've just I, I smoked a couple of them earlier while I was rewatching the fights, and I, I was like, "Yeah, fuck it! Save myself a couple papers. These are already ready to go. Got tips. Let's fucking let's rock and roll." That's sweet. And they use a little bit less weed than what I do when I roll. So, yeah. and aesthetically, they look really good. They do look they perfect. Look I mean, they look beautiful. Yeah. They roll up. I mean, it's already rolled, so you don't have to worry about fucking it up. You just yeah. And it's great for people who can't roll. Like, mm-hmm. it really is a cone with the the, the point cut off. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, the point, like the point, yeah, that's what, uh, the point comes down to the out of the tip. So it's yeah. just like to the filter. Yeah, yeah, the filter is the point of the cone, and then you just stuff it down. They give you these little straws in them that you use to pack the weed down. So you try to pack down like down by the filter. You try to pack it really tight, and then as you go up, you just kind of pack it loosely. Mm. And then it fucking burns pretty evenly, and they're convenient. They're easy. You can roll these up fairly quickly. I mean, I'm I'm pretty quick at rolling, so I can usually roll a joint and have it ready within the time of of a hip hop song. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I had you rolling because you saw how long it took me to roll that fat ass raw paper. Of, I should have yeah. cut some of it off, but nah, you know, nah. you rolled a good joint, my friend. You really thanks, did. brother. <laughs> It was a solid affair, but yeah. So I got these nice little pre rolls, very rock and roll. Yeah, nice. What's up with you? How you feeling post UFC 225? Uh pretty awesome. <laughs> um, reflecting back, I think it could have been a little bit more, but I'm happy with the outcome. Um, you, every, everyone wants what Romero Whitaker was for the whole card, and it's impossible to get that, but. You know, ultimately, I, I, I enjoyed the night a lot, and my nephew came out very excited about it and enjoyed himself a lot. It was his That's first cool. ever 
uh, UFC slash MMA anything. Um, he knows very little about it. Uh, anything that he knows about it is just highlights or matches that I've recently showed him. He's uh, I think it's 18, 19 years old. He's going to turn 19. But um, he actually, he's been wanting me to teach him how to do some MMA, some striking. He wants to learn how to kick. And he, he actually was the one to tell me to let him know when we were going to go to this event because he wanted this to kind of be the beginning of him getting into MMA or into UFC, at least watching it to a certain extent. But what better way than to get him into UFC 225 or get him a ticket to UFC 225 and take him with you and sit next to a podcast host that um, I don't want to toot my own horn. But, you know, I do know a little bit about MMA and some of the, you know, some of the skills and how to try to break it down. So for him, I think it was a good experience. I enjoyed it because I got to do what I do with you and what I do by myself on Full Heel Podcast. I got to talk MMA, and I, got, I actually had someone there next to me listening and absorbing what I was saying. And that's cool, and he, man. He, he enjoyed himself. I, we had a blast. Um, Jose went too. Showed up super late. Uh, one of my friends, but that's typical. My friends, I kind of know how they are, so I messaged them super early and I told them I'm leaving my house at five thirty. I'm not going to miss any of these fights. You're welcome to come with me. I have a ride for you, but I'm leaving at 5.30. He agreed, messaged me at 5. Hey, dude, can you wait for me? I said, fuck no. Your ticket will be in the mailbox. I will see you there. And uh, he's like, all right, I'll show up at 7. And um, set parameters, people. Fuck yeah, especially people, if don't. he was... Yeah, especially if he was gonna make you fucking wait around for him till seven. That was that's the start of the, that's the start of the prelims. He didn't show up till eight. Fuck off, yeah, dude. I would have done the same fucking thing. So either he just said, "Ah, fuck it, I'll just show up later," or he was running super late and he was gonna make me run super late. And I'm guessing it was the first of the two. Right. And I I was like, nope, fuck this. Your your tickets in the mailbox. Uh, go pick it up. And it, look, I'm not an asshole. I gave him enough warning. These tickets had to be printed out because they were bought a week before, so they they couldn't mail them. There wasn't enough time. Yeah. Um, I printed them out. I had the means of transportation. That does not um, make you an asshole at all. I sit through every single one of these cards. This is my first UFC that I wanted to go to because all the other ones I was in Champagne that I got to go to, I was not going to be super fucking late. I was going to get there at the time I wanted to get there. And not let anyone else dictate that. Dude, I'm I did. Done letting, I'm done letting people dictate my time. It's exactly. done. Exactly. I did the same I'm thing. I'm not going to be an asshole, nope. but don't, don't mess with my time. Don't make it difficult for us to do what we're trying to do. Yep. Don't waste my time is pretty much what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And if I know you're trying to waste my time, I'm going to move on with the show. Yeah. I'm going to keep going. Well, it's like when we went for our trip, I, I was like, look. You know, you got you guys are coming with me. This is this is your trip too. But but ultimately, like, this is this is my shit. I set this all up. I bought your tickets. You paid me back. But I made sure everybody had tickets and time. I bought them all. I'm setting the parameters here. This is when we're fucking leaving. This is when I'm fucking leaving. You can stay at the hotel if you want to. Show up whenever the fuck you want. But I'm not yeah. missing a fight. I missed the weigh-ins, which I was pissed off about. But it, it was partially my own fault. Um, I got there like at the last fucking 30 seconds of the way in. I, we started walking down the steps and Joe Rogan, like I heard as we were walking up to the steps of the, of the area, like Joe interviewing, uh, Holloway 
And then I just hear, thank you, Detroit. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> that sucks. I was like, fuck it. Well, we had to go down there anyway <laughs> because we were going to Rogan later that night. Yeah. But I was going to go to the Wayans, and then we weren't going to the first Rogan show, so we had, like, a split of time, so we just went to a couple bars and hung out and shit. But, yeah, I, I was the same way, man. Like, no, I'm I'm seeing every fucking fight. You're not fucking this up for me. Nobody. Nobody is going so, to but, fuck this up for me. Yeah, the good thing is I live 10 minutes away from the United Center, so I left the ticket in the mailbox, and all he had to do was – and he has to take the expressway – to get to the United Center anyway, I know where he lives, so he has to take the 55 to get to the United Center. And instead of making a left, he makes a right. And I live two, three blocks off of the expressway that he was going to be on, that he was going to get off on the same exit. He just had to go three blocks the opposite way, get something out of a mailbox, and then shoot three more blocks over to his original destination and then make it to the fucking... So six blocks out of his way. Three forward, three back. That's nothing. Nope. I, I set up a ride. I bought the tickets online. Yep. There's nothing more I could have done. Like, I gave them the time. I gave them enough time. They know I sit through all the fights. Um, and again, I kind of, ex- I was, once he's like, hey, can you wait for me? And it was like 5 o'clock. I'm like, oh, no. I got the feeling. I'm like, ah, oh, this is going to be one of those. This is going to be one of those times. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. And you know if I'm sitting here wanting a podcast, I guess no, it's still not right when they make you wait. That's why. No. That's why I'm like no. I'm like uh, uh-uh. you. You guys do it when I. It's a simple podcast. I'm not gonna fucking do it at a UFC 225 event. Right. Me and my nephew are out of here. Bye. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. You can. You yeah, can my, figure it out. Yeah, he showed up and he saw most of the fights that I guess he wanted to see. And then um, at the end of the night, me and my nephew went to Maxwell Street and we had uh, badass. Double cheeseburgers with grilled onions and mustard, Maxwell Street Polish style from Chicago. Wait a minute. So you went to the Polish Polish sausage restaurant and you got a burger? Yeah. What are you at IHOB? You gotta have they they do their own thing to the burger. Okay. They have their own take on the burger. All right, all right. I thought I thought maybe I thought you were just like just getting a plain old fucking double cheeseburger or something. No, they they, they kind of do their own thing there. So their beefs are kind of the same as everywhere else, but then they have the Polish sausage, which is just a nice Polish sausage, uh, mustard and grilled onions, and then they have um, they have a double cheeseburger, which is a double cheeseburger, but it's just mustard. Mm. And the grilled onions that they throw on the Polish sausage as well. Word. And the, onion, the onions are grilling there all the time with the Polish sausages. And um, it kind of gets that flavor as well. So it's kind of a little different take on a hamburger. And it, it's pretty good. Um, before, I was a savage. And I would get uh, two double cheeseburgers and Polish. But that's Woo-hoo! a lot of food. That's a lot of food because they give you, they give you free fries. You know, quote unquote free fries. But uh, every sandwich has fries. And um, they just charge you, you know, like five bucks per sandwich, five fifty per sandwich, which pretty much makes up for the price of the fries. Right. And they throw in one of those peppers, one of those long peppers. It's not a jardinera pepper, but it's like a, it's not a jalapeno, but it's like a pickled pepper. The uh, the pepperoncini. I'm not sure exactly what the it yellow, is, but like, they throw it. Are in they the, yellow? Kind of. They're like a greenish yellow. Yeah, it might, it and, might uh, be a pepperoncini. Just, yeah, you pretty much just, you know, you could eat it in your burger or like. Bite your burger, bite the pepper, bite the burger, bite the pepper. It's a good combo. You ever get it's Papa John's flavor. pizza? Yeah, it's kind of like that. As I say, is it the pepper that you get in the Papa John's pizza? Mm, this one's a longer one, but kind of the same. That's kind of the same said. deal. Um, 
Yeah, but um, he's got jokes. Yeah, we did that. It was his first time at Maxwell too. He hadn't had Maxwell. Um, That's like I said, I've been hanging awesome, out, with, man. Yeah, I've been hanging out with my nephew a lot more recently since you know all that bullshit with. Well, he's older now too, so he's making his own money. So I don't necessarily have to buy him everything. I just have to show him the the good times I I, I like having, and um, he's interested in going to more uh, UFC events, and I think he wants to come to some WWE events. Um, the younger ones are into WWE. He he, I don't know if he is. But we, we didn't necessarily take him because we didn't know if he was. But it's awesome that he's wanting to get into UFC and he wants to learn how to kick. I know how to kick. I think I'm going to teach him how to kick. Awesome. Because, yeah, it's just bonding. Bond with your family. I like Bond it. I like it. I like it a lot. That's that's super cool, man. I, I, I've got to share a lot of cool things with my nephew, but I'm looking forward to, like, getting in to take him to a concert or a sporting like a sporting event that I that I enjoy. Like we I've been to a basketball game with him when he was a little bit younger. Like we went to see the Cavaliers and the Pistons play so that we got he got to see LeBron James and stuff. But now that he's 16 like to do cooler shit. Yeah. Like he's he's got to come watch me play a couple of times and stuff. I was really hoping to to get a <clears throat> To get for him to go see when I opened for Froggy Fresh, but he had uh, he had baseball and shit, so he wasn't able to make it because he he knows Froggy Fresh. He really likes Froggy Fresh, so I was looking forward to that opportunity, but wasn't wasn't able to do it. But soon enough, more things, you know. Nah, that's that's super cool, man. And I'm glad you had a a good first UFC experience. Yeah, I finally I got to see mine was cool. all the three productions. This one was probably the best out of the production wise. Yeah. Uh, just because what well, you saw Bellator has the stage, so they they actually do themselves a disservice. They fuck themselves over by putting up the, the entrance and yeah. giving them entrance ways. They're cutting into a whole section of seats. And shortening the to... walkout. Yeah. And, um, the, like, it's a whole, like, side of the, the, the arena that they cut off, and maybe they don't sell the tickets. That's necessary. what I was just gonna say. I think it's more they don't sell real well. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how, what, what the United Center holds, but it, I I don't know if it's a big number. It had eighteen thousand one hundred seventeen. I'm sure it's bigger attendance. than Allstate. Um, what was it? Two million five hundred fifty thousand was the gate. Yeah. So I'm I'm I don't know what those numbers mean. I don't know why I just shot them out at you. Uh, that the eighteen thousand was the attendance. That's the number of yeah. people. And then the gate. But I don't know. Is, I don't know like exactly like where they range. I guess like with other. It's pretty common for. I mean, there some newer arenas are going to be bigger, a little bit bigger, yeah. some than the, than the United Center. But I mean, it's it's pretty average for. Pretty sure United Center is one a pretty big arena. It's, it holds because I've only been to Chicago. Either Allstate Arena, the United Center, or like uh, I've been to uh, Comiskey Park. I'm still fuck everybody. I'm calling Comiskey Park. I don't even know what the other fucking two names are. All right, it's where, sorry, it's where the Sox play. You don't know about. The I beach. know what Comiskey Park okay, is. Yeah, okay, yeah, because they've they renamed it twice, and you know, fuck them. You know, it's Comiskey Park to me, and it'll always be Comiskey Park. It's funny. So I. Straight down 35th. I live on 36th, but straight down 35th, uh, 10 minutes down is Comiskey Park. And then straight down Damon, 10 minutes down is the United Center. So I live 10 minutes in two directions from either Sox Stadium or from uh, the United Center. I'm sure the United Center probably were there. there were, I, I didn't really see a lot of crowd shots, but were there 
Were there a decent amount of empty seats anywhere? Did it look pretty? Um, so it was pretty full, but you could see the empty seats. But the empty seats weren't like groups. Yeah. That's the thing. It seems like they. It seems like everyone spread around pretty well. Like I was looking around. I'm like, it should look emptier than it does, but everyone's kind of spread around. That's kind of what I noticed at at Little Caesars Arena. Cause like I just looked up for comparison what like Little Caesars Arena capacity is, and it's nineteen. 19,515 for hockey and 20,491 for basketball. So I would say I would say probably you know their their capacity is probably 19 to 20,000 as well at the United Center. So Okay. So that's, um, it's pretty good numbers I guess for attendance. I don't know about the pay-per-view. Yeah, pay-per-view uh, eight, I mean 18,000 it's probably it's probably not bad, and I don't. I didn't hear what the. I haven't heard this week yet what the pay per view numbers were. I'm not guessing they're going to be fantastic, especially with uh, Whitaker Romero f- title fight falling apart at the last minute before yeah. you know it wins, which we'll get into in a minute. But I'm sure it did okay. But I'm sure the factors of like. Like I said on the show last week, CM Punk definitely, without him being on that pay-per-view, I don't think it does as good of numbers as mm-hmm. whatever the numbers are that it did. Let me see if I can find on Google what the pay-per-view numbers were. Might be a little bit too soon to figure it out, but I don't know. Uh, maybe. They, they you can, you can now, usually right? get, yeah, I mean, if not today, by tomorrow, um, we should be able to get what the buys. Um yeah, I, I usually don't look into that. I don't, yeah, that's why I was like, I don't. I just shouted out the numbers at you. I don't know why, but you know, maybe I should you start looking that up sometime. I don't know. No, I, I guess I was just looking up stuff on UFC 225 since it was here in yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't see any numbers. I haven't either. I have not either. They probably figure the final figures or estimates probably won't be out till like tomorrow. Um, usually right by Tuesday, they've got a pretty good idea how many he buys. Forgot who said shop said that he probably is like seven hundred thousand. I was like, whoa! I didn't think it was gonna hit that high. But Shop said that he thought it would hit that high. I'm like, whoa, that's a high number. But he, that's what he thought it would hit. I didn't. I didn't because I didn't think so either. Like Daniel Cormier hasn't even, outside of fighting John Jones, mm-hmm. hasn't. Like even, it was a good card, man. But like the Chicago people were probably at the stadium that wanted like because it was Chicago heavy. Yeah, like talent. But I mean, that's uh, that, that's the people at home are gonna make up for that because it's yeah. Whoever. There was good fights, but. It didn't, I don't know if it was it was enough to draw in like the casual. Not seven hundred and fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna I don't, three quarters of a million buys. No. Yeah, I don't think CM Punk brought in half of that because that's probably what the pay per view made. I don't even well, think what I would have thought. I I don't uh, on the high side, I would say it might have sold five hundred thousand, but I don't even think it sold that high. I would say two to four. Somewhere in there, and Punk's responsible for a hundred and do a hundred and fifty thousand or more buys himself, because Romero, Rockhole, or Romero and Whitaker aren't pay per view draws. Dos Anjos and Covington not pay per view draws. Home, not anymore. Maybe maybe off of the fir- first fight, off of the Ronda fight, and then she lost. Mm-hmm. 
And outside of CM Punk, nobody else on that card is a pay-per-view draw. Legitimate pay-per-view draw. So, What about Mike Jackson, bro? Oh, no, 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 sir. We will not be jumping ahead and talking about that shit until it's time to talk about that shit. About that stinky piece of dog. I'm dude. putting, I'm putting my foot down. We we sticking to the schedule, sir. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. UFC 225. Our own Rafael Chaidez in attendance. Yeah. Along, One of many. Along along with some other friends. Yep, my nephew and my and my buddy Johnny the Body. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Robert Whitaker picks up the split decision over Yoel Romero in the non-title fight. Um, it's funny for the first two rounds we kind of had the quite opposite of the first fight. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, it was the, the first, flip. It was the flip. Yeah, we had Romero in the first fight, uh, winning by pressure, having Robert taking out his knee. I was like blasting his knee out. Wrestling him. Ultimately, the ref stood him up, and then Whitaker came back three, four, and five, and uh, I, I think took it decisively those rounds. Definitely, yeah. much and more decisively this, than this fight. And these, yeah, and then he takes one and two in this this fight with Romero. Kind of, I don't know. He kind of had like a weird shelling up. Yeah, that, of, that 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 yeah. that elbow thing that he was trying to do was super weird. Yeah. And yeah, he was covering up on one side and like throwing up an elbow, like. And it was, and the elbow was the side that he got his fucking eye blown up. So why aren't yeah. you protecting that? And I, I, I think that was a Muay Thai guarding technique that we would get just because the elbows are hard and stuff like that. But right, uh, I don't know it how effective make, it was. It didn't seem very effective. Obviously, if you look no. at Joel Romero's eye. Yeah. Well, that that jab really. Uh, was really accurate, and he was snapping it out there very well right away. He established that jab right away, and I think it was because he broke his hand. Uh, Robert Whitaker suffered a broken thumb in the first round, and um, I think he started to have to change the game plan. He can't use the right hand, so but he, he I think his game plan though was to do what Whitaker, what uh, Romero did to him, and kick yeah, out his. He kept. He was definitely all over kicking Yoel Romero with that front leg sidekick to the mm. top of the knee. And uh, it was funny because you kind of just see it bounce off of Yoel, like, bink, like, like he was hitting, like, steel. You definitely saw Yoel's knee hyperextend quite a few mm. times, especially um, after but the first I, it, round, it, it, but... He was... It didn't seem like it hurt him. He was like, yeah, whatever. Like, it looked like it hurt. It's like, ah! I mean, he was just coming forward, and it didn't seem to affect him and fuck him up. I'm sure and, his leg was hurting the next day. I mean, yeah. Yoel Romero's legs are fucking steel mm-hmm. for sure. But when you get kicked in the knee, you get kicked in the knee. And, I mean, I know he's he's had his legs hyperextended plenty of times. I've, I've been a wrestler. I know people shoot in singles and doubles and your leg just gets caught and you can't sprawl and you hyperextend your knee. So I know he knows he's had it happen plenty of times, but goddamn. Some of those were some pretty nasty hyperextensions. Yeah, and uh, he like he just didn't do anything the first two rounds. He nope. he was really shelled up, and he let Whitaker uh, get off strikes, kind of establish his range. And I don't know if he was trying to figure him out and land a big shot. I think that's what he was trying to do, but ultimately that wasn't working. So he had to switch it up, 
maybe he was conserving energy as well, or was it the weight cut that the, affected him? I think partially, but how much really did it affect him? Because he was, I mean, it did, it did. You could definitely see he was tired, but he found that second and third wind in the third round and early in the third round. He, he blew his gas tank in the third trying to finish him after he knocked him down and recovered nicely through the fourth into the fifth, but he definitely took a lesser approach in the fourth round in between the two to catch his breath a lot. Yeah, so um, I gave the first two rounds 10-9 to, to Whitaker. How, how would you score this third round? <sighs> Do you give it a ten nine or do you giving it a ten eight? I I'll give I, I I went over it right now on FHP on who your podcast, but um I'll, I'll give you what why I gave it the scoring I did. Uh, I just want to hear. I want to hear how you scored it. You could there's the argument for the ten eight because he dropped him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I think Whitaker did enough after being dropped, coming back and continuing to to pressure you well and land shots afterwards to level it out to a 10-9. I gave it to Romero. I gave the round to Romero because of dropping him. Bro, I don't know what you did. I didn't go live with my fucking thing, but that's exactly what I said because, you know, rewatching it. I just rewatched the fight too. Yeah, yeah. I, he... he he drops him. Yeah. But and he recovered he, quick. He, yeah, he recovered quick and he allowed him to get up and he he jumps on him and he starts going at him again. And that's where he right blew away, his gas tank. Yeah, he blew his gas tank and right away fucking Whitaker goes boom and he lands two elbows in succession in the count. I think he lands like three. Yeah, he landed two like straight away and then they yeah. pulled away. I think he hit him with a jab and then came in and smashed the fuck out of him with another elbow. Yeah, and he recovered and came back. And then so ki- that's not dominating. That's he and, lost he lost the round. And Whitaker connected with that nasty ass head kick towards the yeah, end yeah, of the because, round. Yeah, because uh I think Romero came back again and dropped him again. And then Whitaker came back with and fucking came back again and head kicked him. Did he drop him twice in the I I know I, he might not have dropped him, but he came on heavy again towards the end of the round and Whitaker right away he he, he didn't come out heavy, hit. and he hit him hard. I don't think he dropped him. He stunned him a little bit because they only gave UL two knockdowns, and he knocked mm-hmm. him down in the fifth for sure. Um, but, yeah, I think if if he had not knocked him down in the third, Whitaker mm-hmm. probably steals that – does get that round. If, if, that, if that quick little drop doesn't happen, yeah. I would give Whitaker the round for the way that he ended it and the way he came back. So that's why, yeah, like you said – Without us even discussing it at all, we haven't talked about any of the fights. By the way, pre-show, we yeah. just the only discussion we had pre-show was about your experience and the time with your nephew and shit, and that was it. So we haven't talked yeah. about any of these fights since. Um, yeah, but but the the ableness of Whitaker to recover and able to fire shots off effectively exactly. and hard shots significantly, you kind of. Yeah, okay, you all still won the round, but it's not a 10-8. No, it's a 10-9. It's a 10-9. Mm-hmm. He fought it back to a 10-9. And like yeah. I said, without the drop happening, Whitaker wins the third round. I would say yeah. I would say the, the, the pacing, the, the, the shots landed and everything, without that drop, Whitaker wins that round, and yeah. we have a totally different fight. 
because those elbows would have been the devastating parts of those exactly and the head kick that head kick sounded like a baseball bat yeah hitting a home run run, yeah yeah which is what jimmy smith said yeah um and then the fourth uh the fourth kind of took off again i thought i gave the fourth to whitaker yeah yeah because like i said he took it off yeah he rested in between in between three and four. He was active enough to try to keep it competitive, but Robert did more and was landing more effective shots in didn't the fourth round down. and didn't get taken down. His takedown defense was really good, especially yeah. against a world-class wrestler like Yoel Romero. Mm-hmm. Impressive. But, impressive, Bobby Knuckles. Yeah, definitely impressive. Impressive fight takes the fourth round. And then the fifth comes back around, or comes around, and Bobby Knuckles gets in trouble right away. And yep. this, this is why this is why a lot of people want to give this one a 10-8 round. He got in trouble right away and didn't get a chance to recover. But then again, he didn't take a lot of damage on the floor afterwards. He no. was able to start defending. And, and Yoel I, was potentially he, close. Yeah, I, he was close to getting the fight stopped for illegal blows. Yeah, he was because he was hit. He was well. He was hitting him with with elbows, and Mergliata kept telling. He warned him twice. He he said, "Watch the elbows." And then Whitaker moves his head around and he gets back into position. And and Yoel hits him again. He goes, "Watch the elbows." That's your second and final time. I'm going to tell you. And Yoel had to change his strike up because had he hit him again, Mergliata could have called the fight. Mm. And you could anything. This this round. Is probably the closest, in my opinion, to the ten eight, if anything. Mm-hmm. And it's because he didn't give you uh, he didn't give Whitaker that much of a chance to come back. But ultimately, uh, once he recovered on the floor, he got up and he did land some strikes towards the end. Yep. And they ended up with Whitaker landing more strikes towards the last twenty seconds of the round. <clears throat> yeah, he was landing more. He was landing flurries. He had more in the gas tank. And and if I think if Yoel would have kept it on the floor after rocking him in the beginning of the round and then dominating him on the floor and keeping it on the floor after he he landed some shots, I think he would have pulled off a ten eight. But letting Whitaker ultimately get up and and land some good shots towards the end, I think was ultimately what gave him uh, a ten nine. There's, I mean, the argument is there. The argument is there for sure with the ten eight. Then one knockdown and three takedowns. I didn't realize that all three takedowns in the fight came in the the fifth round. So, um, yeah, that's there's definitely an argument for the ten eight, but it doesn't. It still doesn't change the score and win the fight for Yoel. No, it would have been. It would have been a tie. It would have been a draw. And I I don't think you can give the the third round was was competitive back and forth. Uh, like, yeah, he did get dropped, but he came back, recovered, and I think uh, I don't think you can give it a 10-8, that one, the well, third round. And I don't remember if Chicago had adopted the new rule set or not, so, or Illinois, if the state of Illinois yeah. has. I'm, I'm not sure. I didn't, I didn't hear it at the beginning of the broadcast. So. Shit, I, I was there. I don't right, know. Right, you were there. You don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't recall. I don't recall that. But I, I was, I was doing a lot of shit during the early parts yeah. of the fights. So, um, so that that could be a reason why there the there's no definitive ten eight for the fifth round for you. Well, either way, 
draw best case scenario outcome for Yoel Romero in the fight. I don't think he won the fight. Awesome match between both. Great of them, fight, man. fight of the year yeah, so great far. Fight. Yeah, yeah, they put on, and, and so far they've been able to put on two fantastic matches back to back. That third round might have been one of the best rounds of the year too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was a that was a crazy back and forth round. Those elbows, I can't forget those elbows in combination. They were Nasty. so beautiful. Nasty. Yeah. And I think Whitaker knew he had to throw those elbows because of the fucking broken thumb. He's right. like, fuck, I can't. I need a combo here. Bow, bow, bow. Right. So, uh, um, do we, do we do, do we do a third one since it was so close? No, I don't think so. I think give him a fight apart and let's see what happens That's, after. Yeah. yeah. I think you will. I definitely want to see it again, but one, two, three times in a row. I think you will. I want to. I want Yoel and and Jacare to have a rematch. That'd be nice. That'd be a nice rematch. That fight needs to happen, and then Whitaker can fight either Gastelum or Weidman. Probably Weidman because Weidman beat Gastelum. Uh, Weidman still isn't cleared. <clears throat> I heard him on the hour today. Yeah, well, it's going to be a while before Robert Whitaker fights too. So yeah, timing's yeah, perfect. Yeah. Bobby's got a broken hand. So, uh, Weidman hasn't been cleared for a while because there was some kind of damage in his hand where one of his bones in his hand wasn't receiving blood and it ultimately died. Like it was, like it, you know, it started like dying when it wasn't receiving any blood and it started deteriorating. So he had to get a, a metal plate and I don't know what he got replaced in there. And I don't know, ultimately, I don't know what that means. Like a dead fucking piece of the hand and he has a titanium plate in his hand. Is he able to fight? With metal in his hand, is he fucking Wolverine? Yeah, but, I don't, I don't know. But you're right, uh, Whitaker. But Whitaker was on the MMA Hour today too, and I saw an X-ray. It's a clean break of the thumb. So what that means is he's going to be able to get it set, and uh, they they do have to do surgery. But it's gonna be it's easier to set than it being shattered everywhere. You get me? It's just like. Mm-hmm. It's a straight line through instead right. of having a lot of fragments right. back and forth. Like when I broke my leg. My, my leg broke two bones, but they, did, they didn't they did like shatter in a bunch of spots. They kind of just, you know, broke. It's not the same through. spot he broke it before, is it? Because he's broken his hand in a UFC fight before. They were talking about it during the broadcast. Um, I know this one for sure was the thumb. Like he broke right here. Yeah. We don't know. I don't. But he didn't like say he thumb. didn't say anything about being the same, the same area or same kind of break no, that he had. No, no, he didn't mention that. He, well, he was just good. happy he was clean. Right, that's good. I mean, if it's not a repeat of the same area, because like that was problems that Uriah Faber started having, and okay. other other fighters have had. Once you break, like Yuana, Yuana's broken her hand in the same spot yeah. many times. So yeah, I'm kind of just hopeful that this <clears> is the thumb one, and I don't think the thumb is that. That severe is uh, the boxer's fracture because of these two fucking weak ass knuckles. The right, two on the right, those should suck. They have no stability when you punch. They have no, nothing backing them up, so they tend to break a lot easier. Mm. As to where the wrist kind of backs up these two a lot more, the front two. That's why that boxer fracture happens because these are on the outside. I can't yeah. see your hand. All I oh, see sorry. is all I see is your arm. Yeah, because these are on the outside. You know, you see, you can see right there. This has no right over here. It has no 
Stability. It has nothing backing it up, and yeah, these two have at least my fucking wrist backing it up when I hit. Right. So these tend to break a lot more over here, and it starts to... Raphael is pointing at his yeah. ring and pinky knuckle for everybody out there that doesn't know what he's talking about when he says these two. Yeah, those, that, that's, that's where the boxer fracture happens because those, uh, those, those two bones or those, that's alignment of bones in that, in that section are very weak because they have no stability behind them. Right. When you punch. Makes perfect and sense. There's a lot of. There's a lot of they keep rebreaking and rebreaking. Yeah. But this was the thumb, so I'm hoping that it's not going to be a recurring thing with Robert Bobby Knuckle, Bobby Knuckles. Hopefully, Whitaker. hopefully he's not out long, and you know by by the beginning of the fall we'll we'll have Bobby Knuckles back in the ring, back in the cage to uh, hopefully take on. I I, I my vote still for Lardman. Once Weidman gets cleared, if he can't get cleared, then yeah, go Gastelum, but we'll see. Yeah, Weidman be Gastelum, so you kind of have to do that. Yeah, you kind of have to, and it wasn't. It was a decisive win, which yeah, I still, <clears throat> I still owe Kyle a bet for. People don't mention Gastelum had him hurt. I, I yeah, I picked Gastelum. That's why I lost the bet. I I did too, but Gaslam had him hurt. It hurt my heart to pick Gaslam because I'm a fucking Chris Weidman guy. Mm. I love Chris Weidman. You don't have to live like a refugee. <laughs> and he won't back down. Is that a song? His walkout song? Won't back down is, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why for a second I, th- I just started thinking Tom Petty. But yeah, Tom Petty's, Tom Petty's won't back down. That's Chris's fucking walkout. Because he won't back down. He wasn't afraid to take on Anderson Silva and beat him twice. Break his goddamn leg. My leg. <laughs> what are you going to do about my legs? I like my bag. <laughs> you can buy new couches. What about my legs? Uh, okay. Coming event. Kobe Covington is now your interim welterweight champion. Yeah. What are you going to do? Decisive win. I mean, <sighs> it dominated the first three rounds. Yeah. And by just taking Rafael Dos Anjos down, I mean, right off the bat, within the first 10 mm-hmm. seconds, he's got a takedown. Yeah, I to be honest, I was impressed by Dos Anjos getting up and working out of those situations. Yeah, it was just Covington too. wouldn't stop with it. You knew what Covington was going to yeah. do. That's mm-hmm. not impressive. I mean, it's impressive that he's able to do it because you know it's yeah. coming. But, but I know what you mean. Rafael Dos Anjos' takedown defense, his escapes, that that stuff was, was impressive. And then when he took him down in the third or in the yeah. fourth. So here's my thing with it. Where does it lead to? This pre- pushing against the cage and not striking against them and not submission attempting and control, yeah, like what, because we like, don't need we need a new scoring system, yeah, and like who are really these fans? Now you're just a fan of a controversial person that could push people against the cage, and if you're a fan of that, okay, cool, but fuck off and leave me alone. He he definitely his striking looked better when he when oh, yeah. Crisper when he was doing it <laughs> than it has. I I definitely was more impressed with his striking than I have but, been in other fights, like the Damian Maya yeah. fight. But um, so Santos, as soon as he started lighting him up, Covington, boom, 
boom, we're going to the cage. Yeah. And he had to do that, but it didn't like I said, I was I was impressed with those Anjos, but he it sucks that he's a guy that is stuck between divisions in my That's opinion. what I was just gonna say. I I was just gonna bring up like there wasn't really a point in the fight where Dos Anjos hurt him a couple times. There was a, a good shot to the body that, that definitely stunned Kobe. Um there was one where he was rushing in, and Dos Angeles kind of sidestepped and caught him. Yep, and, and he Colby spun him around. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Spun him around, and then there was the one he kind of he hit him, and he just kind of folded a little. He, he didn't drop. He never never was really – didn't get stanky-legged, but it shocked him. It, but it's that that's the problem is Dos Anjos is, is in between. He's got power at 55 to knock you the fuck out, 45 to knock you out, mm-hmm. but – and he's got he's, he can knock people out at 170, but some of these bigger, bigger 170 pounders like Covington, um, Kamara Usma, guys that cut a lot of weight and could probably be 185ers, yeah. they can take. And that's not that's not trying to take anything away from Covington. We built up those angels to what we built him up to. Factual. Yeah. Factual. Kobe did what he had to do, and he, and he won. The, yeah. He won the fight, and it, it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't close. He he Look, was decisive. I, the the striking was close. But takedowns and control, obviously, are, mm-hmm. are very huge factors. And 12 and a half minutes out of a 25-minute fight, half the goddamn fight, he's spending control either up against the cage or on the ground. I, I think I'm just rational about this. and people. Are, I agree with uh, you. Yeah, it's like I can, I can respect his – I can respect how he got to there, and I can respect how uh, – that he has a good – uh, a good, uh, effective game plan. He's got a but good do skill I have set. To like it, yeah. Do he's I got have a to good like skill it? set, but yeah, mm-hmm. you don't have to like it because he's a fucking douche about it. Yeah, dude, and, and it's funny because I, I talked about it on my thing too. It's like the movie theater, man. Like I hate it because of the people. Like I'd rather be at home and watch these at home because of the people. And like, so you have Colby come out and all right away, or right off the bat, it's booze. And you have people cheering for Colby, and but here's the thing: they're not cheering for Colby; they're basking in the booze and 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 kind of waving in the booze, right. like "Ha ha, I'm a heel too." And it's like, hey, dude, you're you you're not shit. Like, if you want to cheer for him, cheer for him, but you trying to like bask in these booze and trying to be part of this moment and trying to like, what are you doing, like? You're trying to be a controversial person and bring the booze on to you as well. Like, do you like controversy or do you like MMA? Because if you like MMA, you necessarily don't gravitate towards a Colby Covington style, in my opinion. No. I don't know who I don't know who watches MMA to watch someone control someone against the cage. GSP worked for the finish and worked to advance. Sometimes. I, this, yeah, sometimes. This that's the Colby, we've seen him in, in the same thing, and yeah, he does get some strikes off, but it's never towards the finish. Oh, he's only got one knockout in his career, yeah. and or mm-hmm. in the UFC, and against who? Uh, Max. Griffin. Without looking it up, no. Max okay, yeah, Griffin, you know it. Damn it, son of a bitch! Damn it! You're right, though. It is Max Griffin. Yep. But um, a third look, round finish. He did what he had to do, and he beat Dos Anjos, and he's the interim champion. Not and, if you ask him. He's the undisputed champion. Yeah, it's yeah. a real belt, baby. Yeah. And shut I, up. I can, You're an interim champion. Shut up. 
I can sit here and accuse him of ducking, but look, he's the intern champion, and he got to where he wanted to be, and now he has to face Woodley. He's talked his way to where he got to yeah. be. And now, and now he's now he has to face Woodley. Mm-hmm. And good luck. Well, he, he look good. He's he's got the skill set to, I guess, beat him if he can push him against the cage and tire him out because Woodley's muscular. But I don't think that happens. I think Woodley's just gonna brush him off and let's go. Dude, let's go, Playboy. Throw these hands. If he lets Tyron Woodley hit him the way that Tyron or that Rafael dos Anjos hit Kobe Covington, mm-hmm. he's going to sleep. Yeah, Tyron Woodley hits a lot fucking harder than Rafael got, dos Anjos. Call up Robbie Lawler. Get that yeah. too. That too. Oh God, leaps and bounds better. And Rafael dos Anjos is a pretty good wrestler. But yeah, so it's, I, I, I think. I don't think it's going to be a good night for Colby. And I mean, I wouldn't. I don't give Tyron a dominant advantage as far as wrestling goes. I think they're pretty. Mm-hmm. As far as far as their pedigree goes, they're pretty pretty far on par with each other. I mean, Colby was a a Division One wrestler and a, a national placer, a national champion, I, I, maybe at Oregon. I think, I think Woodley would just mix in knees and stuff a lot better. Woodley Woodley's MMA wrestling is better, yeah. absolutely. Because Absolutely. Colby, every time he wrestled them, you know, like we said, did nothing. And as soon as Dos Anjos got kind of a hold of him, he was throwing knees to the fucking thighs right away because he only had three takedowns and a couple of advantages against the cage. Tyron will punch but, the shit out of those thighs yeah. in the clinch. He will yeah, punch he's the gonna shit work. out of them. Yeah, he'll work the cage. And people are like, oh, well, he didn't work against uh, Wonder Boy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a different animal. Yeah. It's a different animal. You don't. Yeah, you you don't you don't prepare. Yeah, he was a Pac-10. Kobe was a Pac-10 wrestling champion and a two-time All-American. Um, you don't prepare for a fight against Kobe Covington and game plan the same way that you did against Wonder Boy Thompson. You don't have to worry about Kobe Covington kicking the shit out of your face. I mean, Kobe can kick, but not at the level that Wonder Boy can. Nope. And not throw, not spring it, not spring it on you like a cobra. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and throw those hands. Like if Tyron rushes Kobe, Kobe's going to try to look for the takedown. It's gonna. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be an exciting fight if Woodley no. doesn't knock out Kobe. If he respects him too much and they just fucking play patty cake and try to wrestle each other, it's going to be five rounds of bullshit. But if Tyron's in there and he's angry and he's pissed off, especially with these two having history being former or, you know, the training camps, I guess, because Tyron splits time at ATT with Dean. Yeah. And so they've trained together. So there's there's that old rivalry that might actually make a Tyron Woodley fight interesting as far as promotion. Yeah, there seems to be a rivalry. Right, you're not getting sound bites out of Wonder Boy Thompson. No, the best sound bite you're getting out of the Wonder Boy Thompson promo is he's talking out of his butt. (laughs) He's just talking out of his butt. Yeah, he's just talking nonsense. You you can't even say ass, man. Yeah, he's talking out of his ass. He's got to teach kids, bro. He's he's a fucking role model. Look, kids. Kids are doing all kinds of fucked up shit. Saying ass is not going to influence their life anymore. Kids are having yeah, babies at like 12. 
God damn. Hey, that was a common thing back in the day in Mexico, all right? It's not that bad. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Touche. I'm not saying do it, but, you know, it used to happen. Uh... Dos Anjos, what do you do with him next? Kamara uh, Usman? I'd, see, I'd watch that, but yeah. I mean... I'd like to see Usman versus Wonderboy if we're going to get Colby versus Tyron. I would like that fight, too. I, would like I don't know that if they do it, too. though. I don't know, either. Um... You could, you could do Till Dos Anjos. I wouldn't do that for Dos Anjos. No, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. You could do Wonder Boy or Dos Anjos. Even though I think Wonder Boy won the fight. Yeah. Which is Till, but you know. Usman needs somebody though. Like he he needs a, a this upper echelon, a name. He needs yeah. that top five. He needs that. Top, I mean, he's sitting at six, but he needs that top five win against one of these guys, whether it be Lawler, which I really don't want to see him and Lawler fight. Covington. It, it might have to be Dos Anjos. It's got to either be Dos Anjos, Till, or Thompson. Yeah, and I think they wait on Till. I think they want Till for the whoever wins between Covington and Tyron. And I don't know if. Uh, Usman and Wonder Boy is gonna not be a very fun matchup. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be boring. Yeah, I could see them both uh, boring of fighting it up. We've seen it happen. It's not like it's a like it's a rarity. We've seen them both play it safe and uh, work work the, the try to work their game plan and stick to it. You know, not deviate from it. And that's when it kind of that's when it starts. Like, hey, what are we doing here? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll let it all shake itself out. I suppose. I suppose. Holly Holm gets the dominating decision win over Megan Anderson, doing the exact opposite of what we said Holly Holm would do to win and taking Megan Anderson to the ground. (laughs) Who saw that coming? Nobody. Not Megan Anderson. Yeah, but did you see the first couple of strikes? Like, I was like, this is over. Megan was landing nasty, and I was like, that's over. Yeah, man. I'm like, holy shit. You you visibly saw Holly get her body rocked with, like, she was moved with, like, one-twos. It was like one-two, and you could see her like, oh, shit. But right away, her veteran savviness and her two years of practicing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, practicing her wrestling – has yeah. really fucking paid off, dude. I was really surprised her ability to do what I thought Megan would would exceed at in controlling up against the cage. Dude, Holly's strong as shit. Yeah, and and it looks like Megan is too, but apparently not, man. Well, not it. A hundred percent, in my belief, was technique and experience. Better coaching. And, I mean, Jesus. and and strategy, man. Like, well, yeah, strategy. James, James Krause is in the corner. Versus versus Mike Winklejohn and Greg Jackson. Yeah. Izzy Martinez. Like, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, there's, def- there's definitely a difference there. Yeah. 
But I didn't. I did not see that coming. And the dominant performance by either. Holly Holm in the wrestling department, man, I was shocked. Was she doesn't shocked. lose her title. She has these skills two years ago in the wrestling department. Yeah, I don't think she drops the title to Misha. No, because that's where Misha, you know, dominated her, and it was only two rounds. Because I, for some stupid reason, Misha didn't try to take her down in the other rounds where she was getting pieced up. But somewhere in those two rounds, and then finally when she choked her out. She thought, oh, yeah, hey, I'm a wrestler. I should take her down and then dominate yeah. her. I had to go drain the lizard right before this fight, but they did a promo for... Honda Housey. Yeah, Honda Housey. What the would... fuck? Disrespectful or no? Is it disrespectful that they put her in the Hall of Fame already? No, 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 that they put it right before the Holly Holm fight. No, no. They could have put it before any of them, before the pay-per-view, before yeah. the main event. Before the co-main event or after the Holly Holm fight, and well, no, after kind of would have been more disrespectful, right? I don't think it's disrespectful at all. That's that's like generally where they do the the Hall of Fame announcements is during the main card and after the first couple of fights. I didn't see it firsthand because, I, like I said, I went to go take a piss during the Lizard. I saw it, and immediately when they started doing the promo for it, and within the the couple of seconds that I realized it was Ronda, I was just like. Okay, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I understand it. I understand what she did, and don't get me wrong. I was caught up in Ronda Mania for sure. Do I think she should be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, but not not one year removed from her getting her ass beaten by Amanda Nunes. Yeah, they could have waited. Definitely the, timing. The timing, weird. the timing I think is fucked up, but I think they're also just trying anyone to... Anyone else? I mean, yeah, they've announced year? they've announced Matt Sarah. We've talked about yeah. a few of the Hall of Fame inductees. Do they have to have like a certain number, like WWE? Like yeah, they like... they do it. Like they'll probably be one or two. I think they've done. They usually do like four or five a year. So they're they're probably a little be, bit too soon. She's been gone a year. That's it. It's it's a little bit too soon. She. I don't discount her contribution <laughs> to getting women's MMA to where it was <laughs> at all. Especially in the mainstream, whatsoever. <coughs> Deserving. I guess of... we kind of aren't nitpicking, too, right? They're no, all... no. I don't feel like I am nitpicking. I just think it's too soon. Like, mm-hmm. she just officially retired a few months back. It wasn't. It wasn't even that long ago that she right before Mania, right? Right. It wasn't that long ago that she. There was still the the floating around of possibility that Ronda may still come back because she's never said she's retired. Oh, she was step- she was still in the top fucking five. Right, she was still ranked. So yeah. it, it's I I don't know, man. I just I don't think she's not deserving or undeserving of of being in the Hall of Fame, especially the modern era, which is where they're putting her. They're not putting her in the pioneer or the legends or anything like that. Even though she is a pioneer for women's MMA, not as much as Gina Carano, but whatever. Gina Carano didn't have the major impact that Ronda did. Gina had an impact, but yeah. it wasn't to Ronda's level. No. Um, no, it, it, I think Gina <laughs> could have done it. It just she she was she was building the popularity. She was I, I was watching her fight Definitely. and I wanted to keep seeing her fight. She was a pi- she's a pioneer for women's MMA. Yeah. She was the Who first her, she was the first she was the first semi household name in, in women's MMA. You can't I can't blame her for wanting to be a super movie star, though. And she's not a super movie star, but she's definitely making money. 
I think had she not got her ass beat so badly by Cyborg, that wouldn't have been the choice she made. Yeah. But she learned from fighting Cyborg that, hey, this isn't probably what I want to do. Yeah. Or I should, I definitely need a way better skill set. Like, yeah. She was a good fighter, but not that prime fucking steroid era Cyborg. Nope. And definitely, look, we, we can assume she was on steroids because she tested positive a little bit after. Exactly. If not for that fight, definitely. That's why I a said. That's that why one. I said steroid era. I didn't. I'm yeah. not insinuating that she's still on steroids, but we know she was on she something was. at that time. Yeah, she probably was though. Yeah. You go back and watch. She's jacked as fuck. Right, like, and she and she pissed hot. She always is, but sometimes. Oh yeah, she sometimes she looks bigger. Go I mean, she, she, she didn't bigger. piss hot after the the, or for that fight specifically, but it it wasn't long after that she pissed hot. So. It's not. It's not. Un- you don't just one day we're like, oh, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try steroids now. After you hadn't been doing them and and looked the way you did, like she didn't just realize when she started cycling right before she got popped that she was like, oh, I'm gonna try steroids. No, you've been taking them, and you just finally got caught. Yeah. So that there's that. But Holly, super impressive. Super impressive. Yeah. Uh. Poor me. I mean, man, man I, I, how much, you know, there's definitely contra- contributions of UFC jitters, I'm sure, for Megan. But she just, she got to a point where it was like deer in a headlight. Yeah. But I th- I don't I don't know if she's just not used to being in positions like that where she doesn't have somebody that can hold her down to the ground on her back or her, her, her skill set just hasn't evolved that long. I mean, Holly is a very seasoned veteran. Let's, let's not kid. Megan's yeah. only been doing uh, mixed martial arts since, like, 2014. Holly's been fighting for fucking years, decades. Yeah. And Holly has the experience of fighting a girl Megan's size with Megan's power in boxing because Holly actually got knocked out by a girl this size. She okay. faced a way bigger boxer, got knocked out, came back in a rematch and won the rematch. So Holly's been in there with heavy hitters and she's weathered the storm, sometimes even been knocked out. But I, like I was saying earlier, the, the, the experience I think is a major factor because she definitely got, in my opinion, if she would, if she did not go for the clinch and get the takedown right after those hits and let Megan keep teeing off, I think Megan would have ended it pretty quick. Those hits were hard. Mm-hmm. He's like, fuck this. I, I've i been knocked out before. I'm not getting knocked out again. I'd like to see these guys fight again after Megan gets a couple of fights in the in the UFC under her belt and yeah. gets rounds her skill set out a little more now that she knows what, what to expect out of a fight with a fighter like Holly Holm. Mm-hmm. What do you do afterwards? That's what I want. That's yeah, what I, say, I want. Just. Give her another one forty-five. Yeah, they, they, the I can't remember the name of the fighter. Somebody had named that the UFC had just signed. That's a true one forty-five pounder. So, and then of course you go to Twitter and you see fucking Cindy Dandois trying to talk about how she needs to be back in the UFC to fight because she beat Megan. Because she beat Megan and she said she's got a better skill set than Megan. You sure as fuck didn't look like it when you no, were she... in the UFC. Didn't no, look it, like because even me, like Megan got dominated and lost. 
But the little bit that we saw, I was like, holy shit, Holly's going to get knocked the fuck out. <laughs> Look, CM Punk's fucking striking looked better than Cindy Dandois. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, we'll talk we got now or not now we got we got one more fight before we get to yeah, it we'll get to it Taya picks up the decision win over Andre Arlovsky close fight good fight close fight good fight, good fight. Uh, you know when Andre has continued to look better since moving camps again you know, he had that re- rejuvenization when he moved to Jackson Wink. Dude, he got his chin back. And, and I don't want to accuse anyone, but maybe it, maybe it took him time to recover and get his uh, get his endocrine system back in check because he did fight a lot out of the UFC and he was in that era of the steroids in the UFC. And once they started cleaning it up, you know, to a certain extent, we saw his chin kind of go and leave him and he went on a losing, nasty losing streak. And we kind of always criticized them for having a, you know, being chinny. But after these past three fights, and he's taken some shots and picked up some wins to, I don't, he's not chinny. And he's old enough to where, like, he should be chinny in the shots he's taken. But I'm not sure where he, did he move to ATT? Was it ATT he moved to? Where's he training out of now? Isn't he still with, uh, no, he's not with Jackson. He's not with Jackson. That's what I was saying. The last, the last three fights, he's moved to a different camp, and the last two fights, he's won. This fight, he looked a lot better than he has in a while, and that's what I was saying since moving again from Jackson Wink to, I think it's ATT, but I can't find it, um, and I forgot because I didn't rewatch this fight today. Um, Yeah, but Ty almost stopped him in the, in yeah, the first round. I think Ty dropped him, with him, dropped him with that left hook early in the first or yeah, and I think he kind of got tired and uh, Ty, gave Andre the second. Yeah, Ty needed to to prove to a fight like this. He needed to go three rounds. Yeah, especially with a name like Andre too. Right. Kind of it it gives him a lot more credibility than just being like, well, what has he got? Like, because we've seen him knock out two guys, Rashad Coulter, which we'll get to in a minute, mm-hmm. and then uh, I I don't even know the other guy's name, which Junior Albini, wasn't it? No, it wasn't Albini for Taito Viasa. It I was thought, for uh, Andre. Well, I know, Andre I know, Andre fought him, but I thought, uh, yeah. uh, oh, Tuviasa. Cyril, Cyril Asker. Yeah, Cyril Asker. He he knocked him out. That was yeah, that was, was back at Perth. Right? That was back at yeah, Perth. He pushed him off and like punched him and like fucking killed him. Flew him. Yeah, killed him. Like drove him through the uh, almost through the cage. <laughs> yeah, killed him. That's what he did. But uh, he, he landed some nice shots on Andre first round, got tired second, and I think kind of picked it up towards the third, but uh, wasn't able to knock out Andre, which I was really impressed with. And I could have seen Andre win in this fight. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. It was a close. It was close. Yeah. It was a close. Uh, that knockdown is definitely what gave Ty, I think. The, I think the so, fight. too. I think so, too. Um, great fight. Entertaining fight. And then he wanted Joe's shoe to do a shoey. And Joe didn't. And Joe told him no. Yeah, so I, like, <laughs> I got to walk gotta around in this thing the rest of the throws. night. Yeah, but he he did do a shoey, though. Did he they did show it on two. TV? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they showed him doing the shoey. He did two shoeys. 
Yeah, because I skipped there. I skipped the. I watched the fight again, but I skipped the. I skipped through it just to get through all of them. Yep, they showed it. They, yeah, that's I. I did a lot of that yeah. too. He, but yeah, they showed him taking the shoe. Yeah, I, saw him, I saw him do it in person from all far away, so I was like, I don't want to see it again. I know he did it uh, like there. He did it again, like before the press conference or at the press conference or something. Yeah, he he did, he did it on our side too when he walked out of the cage because they were walking out towards our side. They were coming in on the opposite side and walking out towards our side where I was sitting. Up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, we were looking down at him while he took someone's shoe and fucking did it. I was on the walk out of the side of the cage too, okay. like not walk out to the cage, but, but walking, leaving? but leaving. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We were on that. We were on that door too. Dasku. Nice. Uh, what to do with Tai Tuivasa next? Um, fuck. I, I I just went over this with me. I forgot because I do it on the spot, bro. That's how I like doing it live. We're doing this live. Let me see. Let me look at the rankings real quick at heavyweight. Um, Mine aren't updated, so because the UFC's website fucking sucks and they won't update it until. Yeah, that's where I get my ranking too. So it's probably not updated. No, uh, I looked at them. I looked at them. Ngannou are locked up. Um, Volkov doesn't have an opponent, does he? I think they're. They're gonna do that in Mark. Or no, I don't know who they're doing that with. Yeah, Taitubiasa and Marcin Tybura kind of makes sense. Yeah, I don't think Volkov. I think you go Blades with Volkov. Tybura is the one that makes the most sense because they're not gonna do Mark Hunt and uh, Ty and uh, no, they're training, they're training partners. Yeah, they're training partners. Derek Lewis is tied up with Inganu. Alistair Overeem just got knocked out, so who knows how long he's out? Yeah, Maybe but Dos but, but I mean, they're the, the Hunt and Lewis or Lewis and uh, and Gano are tied up, but they're fighting soon. Yeah, they're fighting like next month. So uh, I re- I rather see Tuviasa versus Dos Santos than the loser of any of those two fights. I don't know. I get yeah, I can see that. I mean, because Lewis and Dos Santos are stuck at five. You could, do, both at five. you could do Tybura and or uh Taitu Avasa and Curtis Blades. Well, Curtis yeah. just beat the number two guy and he's not jumping Junior Dos Santos and Derek Lewis to get to him. Maybe we do Dos Santos versus Curtis Blades and we do Tuviasa versus Tybura. Let's build up these rankings a little bit and have faith. Jump. I take that because I don't think he's ready for a jump up into like a junior Dos Santos. Mm-hmm. And Arlovsky's nine, and Tuviasa's eight, and he just beat nine, so why not have him face eight? We're not a super jump. Let's get these guys, you know, let's get these guys some matches. We don't have to throw them up there all quick, and we have uh, Miocic kind of tied up with Cormier right now, You're, so we have time. You got up. If you said that Tuivasa's eight, you got updated rankings because the UFC's no, rankings. Sorry, Tybura's eight. Tybura, okay, okay. Yeah, Tybura, I'm, I'd be good with that. I'd be good with that. <sighs> All right, let's talk about it. Uh, Let's talk about this fucking shit stain of a fight. So this is the most amateur-esque fight I think the UFC has ever produced. Absolutely, without question. Yeah. Without um, question. Look, uh, let me say my piece real quick before, um, mm -hmm. and then then I'll let you go. I commend CM Punk for his dedication to wanting to make this work. 
I think without certainty, I truly believe that the man took it very seriously. I don't think he he took it as a joke. I think he gave 100% of what he could in preparation and training and learning and trying to become an MMA fighter at his age. Um, But it's just, it's not there, bro, and it's not going to be there. Like, if you want to train MMA as a hobby and getting Mm -hmm. back into pro wrestling after this, like, go for it. And maybe if you want to... If you want to do like an amateur fucking smoker somewhere like Jason David Frank, the, the you know, the, get your skill sets up and you can fight the Green Ranger in a couple years. Because right now I think even the Green Ranger would beat CM Punk's ass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As for, I mean, uh, let's take them in separate. Let's take them in separate. So I'll let you go ahead and give me your thoughts on Punk. Mm-hmm. And then, um, then we'll a, talk about Mike Jackson. Yeah, we all know I'm a WWE fan. I'm Absolutely. a UFC fan. I'm, I'm a MMA punk fan. fan. I'm a punk fan. I was rooting for Punk. Um, well. We didn't get him. to see. Yeah, we didn't get to see a skill set in the first one. Mickey Gall kind of whooped his ass. Exactly. Um, I was really interested to see what was going to happen, and to I think all our disappointment, we all saw. Well, well, you know what? It's. So I was kind of going over this too right now and talking about it. It, it it's a wake up call to that we need to respect these athletes for what they are and they are professional athletes at the same level as the NFL as uh as the NBA as the MLB it's just that this is the UFC this is MMA and we saw it here that we saw what 3 years of MMA training gets you when you're not a professional athlete, when you're just a regular dude and you train for three years. And like you said, th- he, he was, he took this seriously. He, t- he took a professional level training camp, but ultimately you're only going to go, you're only going to get as far as three years of training is going to get you. Right. And with no experience inside of a cage and no actual fights besides the Mickey Gall one in this one, you literally have no experience. Yes, you do know. You know, the the skills, but you th- you only think you know them until you can apply them in an actual fight. You can know every single move, and you can execute every single move in the gym and in training and in practice, and you could think you're the best in the world. But if you can't put it together when you're getting hit and when you're getting hurt. And when someone is applying resistance 100% against your resistance that ultimately isn't there all in, in training, you know, you almost never go 100% in training. Even when they go all out, they don't go 100% in training. They might get hurt and shit like that, Kane Velasquez and them, but they're not trying to kill each other. Well, except for AKA, they're trying to kill each other. Well, they do get hurt a lot, right? Because they try to kill each other. But that's yeah. the exception to the fucking rule. Mm-hmm. They're like, definitely not the rule when it comes to training yeah. camps, but punk can like you. You have to you have to see what your skill set is in combat. In training, it's one thing, and in combat is another. And it's awesome to see it play out, but it sucks because 
I'm a, it, we're, we're a fan of it. And it sucks that it's such a professional level that it shouldn't have been put there. And um, it shouldn't have. But as we talked about before, the, the eyes, right? The eyes, the bit, it's, it's the business side of it at the same time. And you invested a $2 million contract into the guy. Like you got to try to recoup some of that money back. And I think a thing that bothered me a lot and kind of pissed me off is is despite my feelings about his performance and his skill set that that that's I still think the guy deserves respect. I don't think he deserves all the fucking hate and the shit no. that people were throwing at him after the fight and and yeah, was it was it was it embarrassing as an MMA fan to watch? Kind of, yeah. No, no, Jeff, admit it, Jeff. It, it was after the first round. I was done. My nephew, that is not an MMA watcher. This is like I said, this is his first event. He did, he doesn't normally watch MMA. I've only shown him a couple of fights. He was like, "Wow," he's like, "These guys are amateurs," and like right away, and he. It's not hard to point out an amateur, but he knew it right away. Put an amateur, but the 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 thing is, I don't, I don't consider. Do, do I think it belongs in the UFC? No, no. Mm. But I don't consider it a disrespect to MMA, at all. No, no. Like this is like this I, is not an amateur show. Like exactly. you know, everyone has their starts and everyone has to build, and you can't hate on building. But this does not. Like if you're gonna put it on a pro level, we kind of have to judge it on a pro level. Right, like it, it, especially when you when you surround it with as much good talent as there was, and as much good talent as we saw, and like it sucks, man. It sucks because I'm a punk fan, and he tried, and it ultimately he looked like a little kid going against an older man. Absolutely, and that's not, and that's not saying that Jackson has the skill set. No. he was doing. It's just it was a different level of amateurs. It was like a top level amateur or a good amateur versus a shitty amateur. Like I because Jackson was saying like he was the pro versus the amateur. No, bro. You guys were both amateurs. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Jackson is a fucking jackass who completely pissed away an opportunity for himself to get back into the UFC and now forever, forever will be known as the fighter that could not finish CM Punk. Dude, the whole time. And that's another thing, though, like, I think I'm trying to find, I tried to find positives in the fight. You know, I tried to look for some good in it. And... Not seeing him quit, showing heart through the whole thing, even getting his ass beat, and how even pathetic of attempts things were, just the fact that he kept going and kept trying instead of just getting his ass kicked after the second round and be like, all right, I'm done. Let's just stop yeah. it. No, he kept he kept going. It took a lot of balls. I, I commend Phil's balls. I respect Phil more as a man for finishing what he fucking started. 
Yeah. No matter how bad of a performance it was, he he showed a lot of heart. And he never quit. I, you know how I'd respect him so even more if he, if he took like half a year off and then showed up in a smaller promotion in the PFL and accepted a fight versus a virtual no name, someone that's maybe one and oh, oh and one, someone that has something around his same skill set in those smaller shows. But I think it's, I think he gets beat there too. The PFL is not where he belongs either, man. He belongs. I mean, now he's a pro, so he can't, he can't go fight amateur, but he needs to go fight some real low level pro. If he's going to fight, he just needs to go back to wrestling and it doesn't have to be the WWE because it won't be the WWE. He's not getting back there. Vince forgives everybody eventually, man. If they bring money, yeah. He for, he he forgave Hogan, and Hogan's a racist. Yeah. Brother. And they brought back racist Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so, punk. He's just playing a character, bro. He's being heel Hogan. He's been sued by a lot of people. Bret Hart sued him. Yeah. I think, <clears throat> I think Jim Ross tried to sue him once or twice. A lot of people. We'll see it. A lot of people we'll sue see. Vince. We'll I don't think I don't think he'll go. I I don't think he goes back right away. If he's gonna go no. do anything, it's either gonna go back to Ring of Honor or he's gonna go link up with whatever the hell that is that Cody's doing, or maybe he ends up, up in Japan. Maybe he goes to Japan. Well, Japan and Ring of Honor kind of do like a co-promotion thing where they all uh, interchange guys and they all wrestle each other, but their their belts stick on their promotions. But you have Cody jumping in the New Japan, jumping in the Ring of Honor, jumping back and forth a lot, and they interpromote. So what you're gonna have something like that with uh, with uh, CM Punk. He'd definitely be a big draw. What's that event that Cody's got coming up? I've seen promoted around on Facebook. Uh, I think it's All In. All In, yeah. Is that a different promotion? Like what? What is that? That no, that that's I think a Ring of Honor promotion, but it's it's kind of a Bullet Club, or you know, like sold out. Okay, you remember? Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course like I, that. of course yeah. I remember. Come on, brother. Who do you do? I mean, psh, who do you think you're talking to? Who do you yeah, think you're it, talking to here? But it's it's uh, the Bullet Club sold out event. It's all in. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. I think we might get Kenny Omega, which is that he, in Chicago? I think yeah. I think it is in Chicago. I it, tickets sold out right away. I wasn't able Punk to get shows tickets. up. Punk's there. Probably, it could be. I think it's like this month or something. Punk's probably there. Could be. I wouldn't doubt it. Especially joins now the that club. the lawsuit's over, Punk's there. Yeah, he joins the club, and then we get a rivalry between Punk and Cody. Maybe. Maybe. Or he... The American dream, baby. Or he's there to rival the fucking Burrit Crub. Yeah, the Burrit Crub. With the straight-edge society. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the straight edge society. Mike Jackson, you're a fucking bum. Dude, throughout the whole fight, I was looking over my nephew bum. and I was telling him, I'm like, this guy's not doing himself any favors. He's not going to fight in the UFC. He needs to go for the finish. The whole fight, I was saying that. I'm like, this guy's not doing himself any favors. Dude. And then I sent my nephew the, the link of Dana White, and he's like, he was just laughing. He's like, I didn't think he'd get fired. I'm like, what was, it? What was I saying the whole fight? Like, yeah, I saw that. Fired. I saw that on there. Did you, when you rewatched the fights, did you watch the Punk Jackson fight again? 
No, fuck no. Fuck no. You you should watch it just to hear the commentary. Oh, really? It was good? <laughs> They're trying really hard to be like I did. That's I think why I was like that's where I found some of my positive points was like Jimmy and Joe trying really hard not to shit all over this fight. I heard uh I think Chab was shitting on the commentary because they called it uh top level striking on Jackson's part and it's like what the fuck it's like against against a shitty striker you can't just because he was getting strikes off against a shitty striker doesn't make it top level. I don't think I they get... were I don't think they were talking about him in that fight when they said that I think they were talking about his boxing career because he was oh, okay. a boxer before. Yeah, he said something about Zufa boxing that uh, I think on the aerial show that he's like, I want to talk to Dana maybe. Yeah, or, or, right. Or was that after? Man, I, I smoked too much weed. Was that after talking to Joe or was that with Ariel today? I don't know, man. So he didn't say anything about Zufa boxing? I don't remember that, but I shut okay. I shut down, dude. He, I just remember him talking a bunch of shit. Okay, then and, he might have said it with Ariel a- acting like a fucking jackass in his post fight, like he did. Do it all day. So at, great at the at the weigh in and the walkout when they were booing him. He was like, "Oh, I'm eating it." Oh, I'm I eating. know. Oh, I know. I know. And he looked like an idiot. I was like, "Oh, come on, dude." The fucking jackass. And then you couldn't finish CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Couldn't finish him. So what confuses me about him is he says he didn't want to cause CM Punk any brain damage and finish him and. uh He's like, maybe I'm not a fighter and I don't have it in me. But then he's like, I'm going to talk to Dana and see why he thinks I was showboating and see if I can get another cha- shot and maybe I can get a, a on Zufa boxing. And then he's like, but I don't need this. He's like, I do it because I love it. And it's like, you love what? You just said maybe you're not a fighter and maybe you don't have it in you to stop people. Well, I mean, he her- hasn't he hasn't fought since he got beat by Mickey Gull. He went and became a journalist. Yeah. yeah. Or photographer, both. Both. I've never heard, read an article from him, so or seen. I know a he he covers. Um, fuck, uh, L- legacy or LFC, oh, okay. LFC or LFA, whatever it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, because Pat, Pat's his fucking coach. Yeah, Pat Militich was there yeah. coaching him. Yeah. Which was weird that Ariel pointed that out. He's like, how long has it been since this guy's been there? It's been a while since Pat because probably Matt Hughes' last fight, if Matt was still even having him corner him by the end because Robbie left. Robbie was at ATT. Everybody else was gone. So I don't know the last time Pat cornered somebody in the UFC. Yeah. Ryan could like, probably tell you, but. <laughs> there, there was uh, there was a. Uh, criticisms that mike jackson had um had like stupid answers for when he the people are like well you were looking away and you weren't looking to stop him he's like i was looking at my corner for direction dude you were in the guy's guard landing strikes you could land at elbows you could land in more strikes of vo- more volume of strikes dude seriously and then, go back and, and you, watch the yeah. fight and look at his faces he he's a fucking jackass he was just clowning in there and he knows it mm-hmm. And that's why Dana was pissed. You can see I it. Was pissed. You can see it clear as day in the. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure you could see it on the arena and the big screen too, but because it's their camera feed, obviously. But he was just, he was just being a jackass. Fuck him. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck him. I did, and, I, and it's not just because I'm a CM Punk fan. 
you got you heard me with Covington. I don't like what he does, and I don't like how he did it to get there. But I can respect how he did it, and him well, him doing it. Mm-hmm. Like he got he effectively did what he had to do. This was dog shit. Holy shit! This is gonna be our longest episode in a while. <laughs> We're already at an hour and a half. Dude, I went an hour and fifteen by myself on this, and I and I was and I had to cut some not cut it short, but I was running long with like with some stuff. Like Ooh. just breaking shit down because it was it was a pretty good card. Yeah, it was a good card. <clears throat> we had to breeze through most of the rest of the prelims, other than pretty much one fight, yeah. I think. Well, Overeem Blades um, was yeah. really boring till till Blades. Blades knocked him out. Mm-hmm. There it was a lot of feeling out. There was no strikes in the like first round. This is the yeah that that's I I don't really have anything on that fight. It was it was boring. Well, that's time. all it was. It was yeah. them feeling each other out, and then <clears throat> maybe. Overeem landed a knee, and then the the really good thing I that that was uh, that Blade showed was a little maybe next step to or next uh, an involvement in his game from so just taking had, somebody down and fucking holding him there and hitting him. Well, he he got Overeem against the cage and started landing some strikes, and instead of keeping keep going because Overeem was blocking them, and I think Overeem was trying to look for a shot. Like an opening to land a nice strike. Yeah, he went. He went for the takedown and took and started controlling it on the floor. <clears> ultimately, <throat> winning that round. I think it was in the second, and then the third, he finished him uh, with some devastating elbows that cut over him up, sliced them up, razor elbows. Yep, that's what he does. Yeah. Other than that, nothing. This all right. Let's let's talk about the most controversial fight of the card. Like I said, mm-hmm. the rest of the prelims. Besides this, I don't really have a lot to talk about. Uh, but um, I mean, the prelims, not the early prelims, because I definitely want to talk about Benavidez and Pettis. <clears throat> that was a fucking fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Claudia Gedalia did not win this fight. Not win this fight. I don't think so. I, I I probably wouldn't have scored it for her either. This one is really tough. I don't know, man. I think I, I think Esparza won one, and I think Esparza won round three. Yeah, I think she did a lot more in the positions that she took advantage. Like uh, when she she came back in positions and she was taking advantage of those. I don't ultimately I don't know how much the strikes were affecting like how heavy they were. Did you see They're Claudia's more eye? Yeah. She, she beat her eye up. It, Claudia there was, was there were 205 strikes. Claudia so. was a fucking mess at the end of that fight. Dude, she got booed. I know crazy. she did. Well, you could hear it. She deserved like, but it. But it was overwhelming. I got scared. I was like, "Oh my god, they're going to kill her." She deserved especially going back and rewatching the fight today. Mm-hmm. I th- think Carla won the goddamn fight. I could see how that I could see how that goes, dude. What she did in the first round, gate. She won the first round. She outstruck her in the second round. I would. St- I. I. I would give the second round to Gedalia. I, I. I could see that, but I. I also saw how one judge had it thirty twenty seven. <clears throat> because like- by the, I mean, Claudia took her down. Two times to one in the second round, but I think they might have gone by down. I, they they went by the takedowns. I think they went by down by takedown and control time. 
Because yeah. I think Esparza did more when she was on the ground, when she took her down, than what Gadelia did in dominating positions on the ground. I don't think yeah. I don't think she was as busy. Carla threw eighty three fucking strikes in the second round. And Carla's boxing has got a lot better than when what Joanna did to her might have been a good thing because she's been a completely different fighter and a more evolved fighter since she's come back. She took that time off. It was a couple of years she was gone after Joanna yeah. beat the shit out of her. But yeah, she's some time off. But she's come back looking better. Mm-hmm. She was champ. She got. She had that skill set that got her there, and she's she's building on it, which is good to see. I mean, that she had that close decision loss to to um, Asparza, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, she's beaten. Uh, she looked better against Mraz. She looked her striking looked better against Calvillo, and her wrestling was very good. And I, I think her boxing looked even more impressive. Her, I didn't expect her hands to be better than Claudia's. I didn't expect her to get the the striking advantage over Claudia. And Claudia in the first round came out strong, but then Marcos caught her and she did that fucking stanky leg. Yeah, and I think it zapped her energy because Carla was able to reverse a lot of positions that that Claudia would get her down in, and she was able to reverse him in very like dangerous positions and she was able to push through those takedowns and i i i, I yeah it didn't look good for claudia no nah, enough to win carla uh, carla got fucked carla got fucked i mean she outstruck her 205 to 78 and Cadelia got five minutes of control time carla had three minutes and 36 seconds of control time mm-hmm. four takedowns to two yeah, I said it earlier. Uh, Esparza t- took a lot more uh, advantage of the position she was in. Yep. They might, they might have been super hard shots, but she was at least landing some shots and not just holding. Yeah, she wasn't Claudia just holding. Down. I mean, Claudia just rested in yep. the guard in the third round because she thought she was up. Yeah. And I thought it was hilarious that she thought that the people were booing Carla Esparza. Did you oh you did you not catch that one in her post? No. Okay. No. So she's like she hears everybody booing her and she's like, "Come on you guys. Carla is a former champion. She's oh a warrior. Don't boo her." Cuz I heard Joe, Joe's like, "Don't boo this lady. She she's not in charge of the the scorecards." Yeah, that's when that's at the very end because everybody yeah. was booing the shit out of her so bad. Joe yeah, tried well, to put a positive spin on, but he asked her like the first question he asked her. First you question know, he asked her. The boos. Yeah, right. They were booing super loud. No, it was super loud. I can imagine it was super loud on pay per view. Um, the first question he asked her was, "Did you think you won that fight, or did you think you did enough? Did you think you were going to get that decision when it was being read? Something like that, like asking her, because I I don't think." Listening to his commentary, he didn't think she won that fight. Jimmy Smith didn't think she won that fight. They all they, when that buzzer went off or the the horn sounded, they thought Carlos Sparza was getting the win, so they had to try to spin it. So Joe asked her, "Do you think you won that fight?" And then that's when people started booing even louder, 
And then she thought that they were booing Carla Esparza. <laughs> so she told him to stop booing Carla Esparza. We're booing you, lady. Right. <laughs> fuck you, lady. Yeah, fuck you, lady. Not, it hasn't happened yet. It's charging. No. It's on. Oh, man. And we've been going long, too. Yeah, man. This is our longest episode in a while. Fucking. Oh. I mean, I'm going on three hours of podcasting right now. Fucking, fucking tired. Yeah, I, that's all I got left though. Is Carla? Carla got screwed. She should have won that fight. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate because that win should have put Carla in line to to fight Rose. Because I'd like to see that rematch. Yeah, I would like to see that rematch too. I would definitely like to see that rematch. So. Uh, Merced Bektik gets the decision win over Ricardo Lamas. It was pretty much just a dominant performance by Bektik minus Lamas's two submission attempts. Yeah, I thought Lamas came in with the wrong game plan, trying to mix in takedowns right away and ha- uh, mi- trying to mix in a lot of takedowns. I think if he would have struck to a he- uh, striking heavy game plan, he might have had a better performance. Um, I. I don't think he was confident in it. I think he was uh, like strike, strike, takedown, and I think he was just sticking to the game plan a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And it, it, it kind of didn't work out for him because Bektik has better wrestling and mm-hmm. Bektik uh, just kind of fucked him. Yep. He's like, you want to wrestle with me? You want to get down to the floor? Let's go. In the surprise the sim- of the night, Chris De La Roca knocked out Rashad Coulter. <laughs> Oh god, this was another garbage fight, man. Garbage, yeah, it was garbage. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't really like. We can breeze through this. We're, we've, we've. There's better fights on the prelims to fucking spend our yeah. energy talking about. Culture got gassed out, and that was it. I think he yeah. might be kicked out of the UFC. That's three oh, knockouts in a he's row. He's fucking gone. See you. Bye. Anthony Smith knocked Rashad Evans into retirement. Yeah. Uh, Thirty-two seconds into the fight, Anthony Smith. I'm not dangerous, man. Yeah, I'm dangerous. not too heavy on. Anthony Smith, I haven't been, but that was an impressive knockout. Mm-hmm. He's a dangerous dude. Yeah, it, dude. As soon as I saw that, as soon as I saw him put him in that position, I was like, no, no. I I, went, I cringed right away, and and then he knocked him out, and I was like, why do you think I started cringing? I looked over at my nephew. I was like, why do you think I started cringing? And I'm like, I saw that knee coming as soon as he he had the cross face. As soon as he cross faced him with the elbow and positioned that his face there, boom, he just fucking. Uh, it was over. I mean, Anthony Smith's been around for a long time. <laughs> been around for a long time. He fought in the UFC all the way back to 2013, mm-hmm. and then was gone until 2016. Um, Beautiful knee. I mean, he's a dangerous knockout artist. Ass Elvis Mutopic, uh, Andrew Sanchez, Hector Lombard. Like he almost knocked out. He he caught Tiago Santos once or twice good before Tiago killed him. Um, yeah, beautiful knee. Unfortunate end to the career of Rashad Evans, but um, you know, respect to the former champ. I liked Rashad for a long time mm-hmm. until the split, and then I was on Team Jones because Rashad kind of became a douche. And uh. Yeah, so then I was on Team Jones, but I liked Rashad. Uh, I, I got to roll with him when he was in college and I was in high school before I even knew who the fuck he was. He was just a wrestler, so that's awesome. cool. 
Uh, one of the best fights of the night, I think, Sergio Pettis and Joseph Benavidez. Yeah, good fight. Very good fight. Uh, Very good who fight. do you think won? See... I think Sergio won, and the stats are fucked because they don't have any knockdowns in there, and Sergio knocked fucking Joseph Benavides down twice in the first round. Mm-hmm. I gave Sergio a 10-8 in the first for dropping him twice. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think Sergio looked more more busy. He was able to land in while coming in and while moving away from Joseph, and Joseph kind of seemed to... Only be able to land coming in and trying to get the takedown and mix it in. Sergio, like I said, he looked more, he looked not busier. He looked more effective while he was throwing. It was a more efficient striking. He was, exactly. And in the early rounds, he was landing more power shots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he was landing some straight rights on like three straight on on Joseph, where Joseph was just coming in and eating them. Joseph was not doing anything. Joseph had this really stupid strategy where he was just. Not using his jab hand at all, except to just like he wasn't even pawing it. He wasn't even pawing it. It was just already extended out there, and he was coming in, and then Sergio was fucking peppering the shit out of him. Yeah, and moving back and then moving forward. Yeah, I did very good. I didn't understand that strategy at all. Like at least at least paw it out to be able to use it to possibly deflect a punch you already had your arm extended like mm-hmm. your your range of motion to try to stop a punch at that point is fucked yeah and uh sergio was able to stand up and uh disengage def- from the grappling joe only got two takedowns out of 14 sergio's mm-hmm. takedown defense improved quite a bit off of coming back off the loss of tanry Cejudo in detroit yeah uh, and I expected. And he mentioned it. Mm-hmm. He mentioned that he he sat back and he watched that fight a lot, and oh, he took off six months and he practiced on his wrestling. He yelled at Joe and Jimmy and Anik after, right after the fight got over. He ran like ran over to the cage by the table and yelled, "My takedown defense is improved. Make sure you mention it." <laughs> like joking, like jokingly with him, you know. But yeah. Yeah. They. No, I. Th- this fight was what I hoped. And was expecting him and Cejudo to be. Mm-hmm. I had high hopes for that fight. Yeah. It was very disappointed. Yeah, but Cejudo kind of just but, dominated. But Sergio, Sergio work, has been working on that takedown defense. And he looked better and he looked good. Uh, Joe, It was a close fight. I I still gave it to Sergio. I thought, yeah. I thought they got it right. Joe can get all up in his feelings about it how he wants it sucks for you joey b but you're going home to megan olivia you'll be okay yeah he's good even though you look like slim shady <laughs> like he walked out and it was just like i started singing fucking hi slim i wrote you but you still ain't calling calling he was in the video you didn't know yeah he's trying out for the the real slim shady video. he was he was devin sawa huh <laughs> yep <laughs> is that the actor's name for the yeah the stand video the stand video yeah Devin Sawa I like the improvement of Sergio man he's a young kid who's who's getting there and it uh, shuffles up 125 a little bit it does well it, it puts him into into a, de- a good title position to mm-hmm. and now Joseph has to fight someone else at uh someone lower in 125 and we get to see 
where one of these lower guys kind of matches up against a very good uh, 125-125-er. Because before it was like, well, Joseph beats everyone except Mighty Mouse. Well, that's not the case, quite the case anymore. You've seen him. His name, Demetrius Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sir, that that's a big win for Sergio. He just beat yeah. the the currently number one ranked guy. Um, I think you can jump. Well, he he probably will jump Juicy Formiga. So who'd all go to number one? I can see Pettis possibly jumping Ray Borg and going to number two. And if he Number doesn't, goes. if he doesn't go to two, and Ray moves to two, Pettis moves to three, but he gets a title shot before Borg does, because of how badly Borg got beat up by Mighty Mouse. You got a new move invented on him. Exactly, the mouse trap happened. Yeah. And if Cejudo is able to pull off the miracle. Um, you already got the built-in rematch with Pettis and Cejudo. Henry Cejudo. It cracks me up when I hear people say Cejudo. Uh, yeah. Charles Oliveira. Round one submission over Clay Guida. Was piecing yeah. him up on the feet, too. Strong strikes. Muay Thai versus boxing, jiu-jitsu versus wrestling. Mike Santiago also fired from the Oof. UFC. Oof. Fired. Dana White turned into fucking Donald Trump like six years ago and was just firing everybody. Everybody's fired. got to do what you got to do, man. That's uh, three in a row for Santiago. They've been tough. Three uh, dudes. Three. Well, four dudes. Four I think he's had a little fire. bit of uh, bad luck. Santiago, I think, uh, Zabit, no one knew who he was. Uh, Dan Ige came off the Contender Series, as he did. Um, I think the other guy that beat him is also off the Contender Series and has done pretty well in the UFC coming up. So I think man, Mike Santiago has kind of had the, a little bit of bad luck. Um, who knows? I don't know. Maybe I'm just... I'm not saying he deserves to be in the UFC. I'm just saying he's faced pretty good competition coming into the UFC. It sucks those were his first fights. Bye. That's what I'm trying to say. But bye, yeah. Bye, bye Becky. Bye, bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Four. When was the last time four dudes got fired off of one card? I don't know. Not, never. I cannot Punk, think of. Jackson. Yeah, Punk, Jackson, Ige, and Rashad Coulter. You're Ige, fired. too? No, not Ige. I'm sorry. I'm not Ige. I'm not Ige. Santiago. Santiago. Okay, yeah. Santiago, Santiago Punk, and Punk, Jackson, and fucking Coulter. Coulter. Four dudes yeah. fired. Yeah. Let's get in the news and get up out of here so I can go to bed. Because 6.30 comes early as fuck. Not as early yeah. as yours, yeah. but my 6.30 is right around your 5.30. So I get you. I understand. Are you still getting up at 5 a.m. to go to work? Don't you have to be to work at 6? Man, I got to be there at 6, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so we, uh, it's about the same time. 
I gotta sleep. I'm an old but man. I have an hour more sleep, so. Yeah, I'm an old man. Um, we forgot to talk about this during the uh, the breakdown of Romero and Whitaker, but uh, Melky Kawa today on the final MMA hour, Mazel Tov, Ariel Hawani. I give you six months before Dana White. Six months into the new deal after 2019 before Dana White has you fired. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> it's not gonna last, bro. Because someone's gonna someone's already taken over the MMA hour, so it's not gonna last. Um, is it New York uh, Rick? But yeah, so Melky Cow. No, they, they didn't say who. Yeah, so he's they're gonna sue. They're gonna sue the UFC. Uh, no, they're suing the sorry, Illinois the, State yeah. Athletic Commission yeah. because yeah, the sorry. Illinois State Athletic Commission cut Romero's weight cut by an hour, supposedly. Yeah, so he said that they delayed it 20 minutes for Romero to start because they wanted to see if they were going to let him do it, and then they they let him do it, but the timer had started anyway. And then they cleared him, got the doctors with him, and the doctors were clearing him. They're like, yeah, he's fine. He says he feels fine. He's He looks fine. And they said that the the head of the commission said, no, we're, we're stopping it, and I think there was like 40 minutes left, and he had .2 left. So... What Malky and this guy are saying is that he could have made the weight and that... Well, yeah, he was only .2 off if they would have given him the full two hours. Yeah, and that by Illinois not letting him do that, they cost him the win bonus. Or they, they cost him a percentage of his uh, of his purse. They cost him the the performance bonus, which was a lot. 50000 Yeah, I think, which they did get. They got but fight think, of the night. They got fight yeah, of the night. So I think Whitaker gets both but of Whitaker those now. Whitaker gets probably both of them. Yeah, so he did lose some money, and uh, I think uh, they're going to try to to fight against it. And Malky was the the manager for the girl that just got uh, taken off for chap lips as well. Malky is the goddamn manager for everybody. Him and him and Ali are the only two fucking managers anybody knows for MMA because they represent everybody. Oh, I guess I guess Ed Sorensen, but he doesn't yeah. he doesn't manage anymore. He retired yeah. because he's running LFA or LFC. Um, so he was just still managing Anderson, but that's the only client he'll have. And once Anderson retires, he's fully done as a manager. But, yeah, but we'll see what happens with that? Ali Ab, I can't even pronounce Ali's last name, but he fucking represents everybody. Frankie Edgar. Uh. Justin, yeah, that's it. Uh, Justin Cagey. Shit, ton of people. Uh, Habib. Mm-hmm. Habib's manager. It's a fucking, there's a lot. Tony Ferguson. Marlon Marais. Is, uh, is Ali Tony's manager? I don't, I don't know. I don't think he is. He you know might what, be. Is he Connors? No. No, he's not Connor. Connor no. He's... He's Habib's, he's Justin Gaethje's, he's Frankie's, uh, Marlon, um, probably Edson Barboza too because he trains there. Um, there's more. He has quite the impressive list of, of fighters. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. 
Demetrius Johnson and Henry Cejudo, uh, two will be booked for to headline to headline, I believe, USC two twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be in the ahead. Well, I don't know where it's gonna be. Is co-main event or main event? To yeah, that's the, what, that's what I said. I'm not Cody. sure if it's. It'll be the co-main because they always go with the heavier. Um. Okay. The, the heavier weight class is the is the main event. Okay. As long as it's for a legitimate title. If it's an interim title, the yeah. the undisputed title will take precedent depending on the, mm-hmm. or no matter the weight class. But, yeah, they generally yield to the heavier weight class as the main event. That's shaping up to be a pretty fun card so far. Uh, USADA suspends Michael Olekjik. Uh, one year for testing positive for clomiphene. She's one year period of ineligibility. Ineligibility began retroactively on December 30th, 2017. He tested positive in December. Um, he was suspended one year in March by the Nevada State Athletic Commission. And his win over Cahill Roundtree was overturned to a no contest. The suspensions are going to run concurrently. You fucked. I don't know who that is, so I got nothing. Uh, He fought Cahill Roundtree December 30th at UFC 219. Mm. I don't really remember. It might have been. It was his debut. That's why. He he made his debut to replace Ian Kutalebra because uh, Kutalebra failed a drug test, and so they brought this dude in, and then and he failed a drug and test. then he failed a drug test. But he had, he was a solid prospect. He had won nine straight fights, so he won't be eligible again until December to return if they return him at all. Usually, if you test positive on your first fight, you're fucked. Um, Paige Van Zant to have second surgery on broken arm since first procedure failed. Yeah, that should happen sometimes. I had to have a second surgery on my leg. Uh, announced Tuesday, last Tuesday, that Paige will require a second surgery on a broken arm after the first procedure failed. She may have returned to training too soon and didn't give her right arm proper time to heal without any motion. Her second surgery, which Van Zant described as more serious, is scheduled for July. She broke her arm in the opening round of the USC St. Louis fight against Jessica Rose Clark in January. And she lost by unanimous decision her third of four fights. Uh, She released a statement on Instagram, quote, I unfortunately and sadly have to inform all of my fans that I have been that have been standing by my side that my arm surgery has failed. For whatever reason, my bone is still totally broken in my arm and shows no sign of healing or progression. All that we can guess is that I went back to training too quickly and didn't give my arm the proper time to heal without motion. <clears throat> this is the downfall for athletes pushing through pain when they should not. I will be going in for another more serious surgery next month while they will be taking the bone fragments from my hip to fill in the break and put another large plate in. I'll take that time off to heal. 
And I'll be back in the UFC, and I'll fight many more fights in the future. Uh, well wishes and a speedy recovery to Paige Van Zandt. That's it. That's all. That's all. That's all I got. I got nothing. That's yeah. all I got. Well, no, I got I got something, but that's all I got for news. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. I uh, before we go, um, as probably everybody knows and everybody's heard, you know, we found out was it Friday, the 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 passing of Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, I think it was Friday. Um, I wasn't like the hugest diehard fan of Anthony Bourdain or anything like that. I, I know a lot of people that were and. I liked Anthony. I watched some episodes of his show sporadically. Uh, always liked the guy. I thought he was funny. He was insightful. He's definitely a, a world-renowned chef, obviously. But he lived a, he lived a really, what, what everybody thought was a pretty cool life. And um, unfortunately, he took his own life. And uh, it hit hard through a lot of people, a lot of waves of different communities. Um, obviously, in the uh, the culinary world, he was well respected. Um, he was a big fan of MMA, so there was there was a, a wave of that, you know, a hit there and that that scene and, uh, and the UFC. The beginning of the pay per view paid just did a little in memoriam video, not video, but just picture of Anthony and stuff like that right before the beginning of the pay per view. I thought that was really cool. Um, big in jujitsu too, so I'm sure you know it hit waves through there. I know the Diaz brothers were kind of close with Anthony because he liked to smoke weed too. Mm. Um, our very own brother, Ryan Dempsey was a, a very big fan of him. And, uh, you know, my, I know Ryan had a little bit of a moment with it. So I'm sending out some, some love and some positive vibes for Ryan, but just, I don't know, man, suicide. It's a sensitive subject, but if you're hurting, if you're, anything just reach out to people i know i know it's easier said than done but at the end of the day no matter what and no matter where you feel and no matter what you're feeling in life and how you may feel like nobody cares people do care and your life and the end of your life has a much more of a broader impact than you than you know until it's too late so Always, no matter what, if you're feeling at the end of your rope, it's not the end. Reach out to somebody and check on your strong friends because even the people that you, you perceive as strong a lot of times are the people that are hurting the most on the inside and they're just able to hide it very well and walk around through life in a normal day without ever anybody knowing that anything's wrong and meanwhile inside they're hurting so check on your strong friends check on your friends because it may you you may make the difference between somebody continuing to live and somebody choosing to take their own life just by reaching out yeah yeah somber note but you know it needed to be said yeah, that was good. I'm not going to ruin it by saying anything. Rest, yeah. rest in peace to Tony. 
Anthony Bourdain, thank you for, for your contributions to this world. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I got, man. It's beautiful, Jeff. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. I love all of you. I love you, brother. Love you, too. Just reach out to your friends. Yeah. And we'll be back on Thursday. Thank you guys for listening. I'm actually, you know what? I'm not even gonna play some music out. We're just gonna, we're just gonna call it. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back on Thursday.